0: favorite
1: radio program and now emanating from our basement studios i've never seen
2: contraptions with so many buttons and knobs and dials before this is wadd talk radio with bill neville
1: can you fly this plane and land it surely you can't be serious i am serious and don't call me sure heenahan i work with him and that's it i tried to introduce him to a few nice people he made a fool of himself and sean heenahan grizzly adams had a beard grizzly adams did have a beard okay let's go Gentlemen, this is episode 55 of WADD Talk Radio. 55 thinko, weeks thinko. of this bullshit.
2: Dikembe Mutonomopondo and Jackie Wontombo's episode. Yes, this full name.
1: Um, Written on a birth certificate. Plus, we got 55. Like a CVS receipt. We got Willie McGinnis from the Pats. You guys, well, <laughs> I think Wally Zerbiak wore 55 for yeah, the Celtics. Yeah, I think he did. Who else go. we got for 55? Any ideas? Got to be some football players out there. Junior Seau. There.
0: Yeah, there you go um the year in which big heen was born yeah there you oh, go yeah? yep
1: nice well happy uh well when no, is his, when's his birthday may 4th may 4th no. oh star wars day yep that was yes. pretty cool. may the 4th um so yeah like i said welcome to <laughs> welcome to episode 55 this is going to be a clusterfuck of an episode um welcome to episode 55 my name is bill neville as always well, one side two times in a row it's already you shut your mouth. <laughs> Uh, alongside the great Patrick yeah, and the shitty Sean Enahan for interrupting me. (laughs) Who's got
2: more of a James Harden
1: beard this week than last
2: week. He does.
0: I did. I mentioned last week that I was going to get it trimmed, and I did. Uh, And and you also dyed it jet black, which is weird. No, there's still some red in there. Yeah, that was was my skin.
1: So uh, for for this episode, we've got a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, We had a pretty fun uh, weekend last week. the uh, the crew over at Fenway Park put up this giant monstrosity of a ski jump in the middle of Fenway Park, where they they started in center field, and it was higher than the light towers, over 140 feet tall,
0: with three times the size of uh, the green monster. Of the green monster, yeah, massive. It was insane. And massive
1: is really the only word that comes to mind. Really. For real, just massive. It, you drive by it on the Mass Pike like I do every night, and you see it up there, and it's just it's it towers above everything else. So are they letting other people? Oh, no, it it was coming down today. Way too much of a liability to have random people. There's no way they would let anyone but the pros go down that thing. They're opening up for sledding for the children (laughs) and keeping the jump. Please. (laughs) That would be awesome. Um, But, yeah, it was called Fenway Big Air. It was two nights in a row. The first night was snowboarding, and the second night was skiing. Uh, Sean, Patrick, and myself, we went to the first night. And we finagled some media passes out of the uh yeah, that the, was a the, nice nice, surprise. the nice young ladies at the uh the media table.
2: We just went up there, hey uh we're supposed to be on this list. And they're like, Oh, but you're not. Do we are you? Are you from like, REI? We're,
1: yeah, and we're like, no, no but we're, we're, from we're, from supposed have, we're supposed
2: to have lists. we're supposed to be on that list though. She, okay, I'll just add you.
1: <laughs> she just added nice. all three
2: of us and she's like, is it two passes? I'm like, no, it's a third. My brother also works with us, and, his name is <laughs> Sean. And then and, we yeah. run around the field. And and like, yeah,
1: exactly. Well, not only did she did they not give us just regular General admission passes. They gave us field and media access, where we just uh, wandered out onto the field and stood against the wall. you we were getting sprayed by snow. Exactly.
2: We really had Landing. a run of
0: the place. We could go literally anywhere we wanted. I was gonna test to see if we could go all the way up to the stairs to the top, but
1: it was awesome, man! Like I've never seen anything like that live. Like I've, I've seen it on the Olympics and the X Games and all that stuff, but I've never seen anything like that live. And it was quite the quite the spectacle.
0: Yeah, it really was, and uh, that was a nice surprise. I was doing a little uh, Valentine's Day shopping and the merchandising, uh, and then you guys all of a sudden had these... They're like, yeah, let's go. We're all going on the field. And I was like, oh my God. And to be... Like you said, we were literally getting sprayed with snow when the people... Because there wasn't that much um, room post, you know, like flatland no. for these guys to stop. I know they're professionals, and they, could, they were all fine. No one really, like, crashed or anything. Right. But... All of a sudden, you, if you couldn't see it because it was high above, you knew someone stopped because there was all of a sudden just, like, all this spray of snow coming over you. Uh, and to be that close was awesome. Well, they, Very they, cool. they
2: spray-painted Home Plate and the batter's boxes on and the so snow. That was so cool. It was I such really, a great – r- like, I think they did it for, like, its cool aesthetic, but it also was, like, giving it a reference point, you know? It was, like, this is where Home Plate is, and it was really neat to see that, obviously, because it was maybe about 10 feet, 15 feet higher than actual where the – I would say maybe about five, six yeah, feet above it. Was, it. it wasn't well, it was high. on Razor. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could be almost. Yeah, so eight. definitely a really cool event. I like how Fenway's doing this, you know. And, it, and it's not like this is a new thing for them, you and know. It's not
1: just Frozen Fenway yeah. every year, it's a bunch of different things. Yeah, but now. there's
2: stories of them doing the circus there. And, you know, obviously they had football, football sure. and football. They had pro wrestling there.
1: They had um, pro wrestling at mm-hmm. Fenway when? Not recently, but back yeah. in the day. Really? Actually, when I tried, I don't when I tried out to do the PA announcer stuff for Fenway. Yep. Um, part of my script was actually welcoming back George the Animal Steel. You ever heard of him? Um, he was this older bald guy. He was like he was covered in hair. He was disgusting looking. So they called him the Animal. And part of my script was welcoming George the Animal Steel back for a Red Sox game because he had wrestled at Fenway Park in 1967. Oh or wow! Whatever. Well, so it was back then. Like, yeah. it wasn't it way was back or when, something like that. It was it's, way back. Yeah, it's true.
2: When, when are you able to do uh, an outside event like that? you know, during the spring and the summer, right. what's happening during the spring and the summer baseball, you know, right. so it's probably pretty tough. I know they go away, they have a waste and stuff like that,
1: but wrestling was pretty prolific in ballparks back then. It's probably then. You they expensive
2: do... to rent out Fenway nowadays. Yeah. Too. <laughs> but
0: also that the coverage that you will then get, like, cause it was presented by polar tech or whatever. Right. And all those funds. I mean, that was on NBC sports network each night. Right. Um, we'll probably see replays of it just because, um, it was getting a lot of publicity on Twitter and like everywhere else. Uh, but I guess recently I mean I've only lived in the city for 4 years uh, but I feel like they've increased their off-season oh, absolutely. Uh, activity uh, load inside the park even in season they're taking on way more well, concerts I was going to say in, in season yeah they they you know those those summer road trips where they go out west for 10 days or something like that they'll always try to get concerts in there right um, and I've seen Bruce Springsteen there um, I was outside uh where it was uh, the wall all uh, oh, for a uh, uh, incredible, Floyd, but absolutely incredible, name? and I know you know. And there's the country one. Who? Um, why is this Zach, Zach Brown, Brown. So I just think that's so cool because Fenway is such an awesome venue, and to see something um, as uh, as as different as the Big Air, something completely.
2: I would say it's niche, but it's not that niche. You not know? for this area, because well, I would I would argue only slightly with that because you were there during the big, like during you know the main event for snowboarding, mm-hmm. and it didn't look that. No, full. but f- granted, you're having people go out there on a freezing cold night on <laughs> yeah. a Thursday night, mind you, is when we Thursday. Went, yeah, know? my buddies went on Friday.
0: They also went with uh, two sleeves of Fireball nips. Um, oh, pretty nice. funny, yeah, and. Uh, It seemed like on Friday, maybe just because it was a Friday, I don't know if it had anything to do with snowboarding or skiing, but it seemed like there was a lot more people going on. Uh, And uh, it was actually probably colder on Friday. Um, It just got
1: progressively colder as the week went on. And Saturday and Sunday were below zero. Oh, Saturday, and Sunday were brutal. Yeah, I woke up
2: Sunday and my my temp the, the thermometer said negative like, ten. holy crap! And then
1: today it's
0: fifty six. Right? It's like,
1: what the hell is going on here, people? It's amazing. But back to the point that you were talking about um, drawing a crowd to Fenway. I think a lot more people came to this event because it was at Fenway mm-hmm. and because of the spectacle of it being at Fenway, rather than the Big Air or whatever, or Politech or whoever was putting this event on, having it at like Neshoba Valley. A yeah. lot more people would have came because it was at Fenway. It's in not- the
0: city. Very cool spectacle like that. Exactly. Absolutely. And when we got... You guys took me up to the WEEI broadcast booth, which is on uh, the fifth floor. Directly of,
1: behind home plate.
0: It was directly behind home plate.
1: Coolest view. <laughs> Basically
0: Christ. dead on straight to where this jump was coming from. And... You know, we saw a little bit through, you know, walking by, and you know, we we checked it out for a quick second, and then we went all the way up and to see it from that angle, to see the height, you could really get a sense of how high it was because you could see over the rest of the stands and everything like that. Right, that really blew me away. And I know, you know, we got a couple good pictures. We should probably tweet the one that uh, I'm going to throw the uh, three of us.
2: I'm going to throw the home plate one up on uh, Facebook right now, and then when you guys can tweet uh, tweet it out. Um, yeah, who ha- who has that picture of the three of us? Is I it think yours? it's Patrick. Right? I on yours. Yep, I'll throw it out there. Nice, um, but uh, yeah, really, really cool event. And like you said, you know, cool niche events that they're. Thanks doing again, and... too. That was oh, awesome. of course, yes, of and course.
0: And we got to hang on the suite, so that was cool. Huh? And stay warm. <laughs> and stay warm, which was key.
2: Pivotal, pivotal, pivotal. If we just stayed, we wouldn't have gone. If he'd, I wouldn't stay have stayed for, for more than an hour. I, I was not. I was not dressed properly. We rushed to, stay to get outside. there, and we were there early. Yeah, so yeah. imagine being there that early with no warm place to go. Now yeah, that. they did a good job with the one concourse. I don't know if the listeners know Fenway that much, but there's this one hallway where the they have all tunnel. the old logos and all the years that they use those logos. And it's a little bit smaller hallway. They were pumping heat into that mini hallway, um, so that was a great. Uh, that, that was a great uh, idea.
1: That Fenway Park employee that stood next to the heater at the best gig in the world.
2: Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just like, keep it moving. Keep it moving. I'm warm. It's like, the, <laughs> uh, it's like the inverse of like
0: in the Dead Heat of the Summer, the guy that's standing by the uh the Chill uh fans. Yeah. The Mist fans. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was incredible. I don't even know who won or what yeah. out, any sort of outcome was, but uh it was uh it was quite the scene. That was sure. really really cool. Except for the guys that were wearing for some reason goggles. The crowd stance people in the audience like you remember,
2: yeah that one guy that was sitting he, he just looked like really drunk and really high or something like that and he had those like those yellow tint and he just had this look about him like I feel like I'm hiding because I'm wearing these you know what I'm saying yeah. like I'm invisible I'm sh- you I can't see you clearly you can't see me okay
1: that's like those guys that go to Red Sox games and in, in a jersey hat and baseball pants and just Yeah. You're a little overdressed there, buddy. Pleats. <laughs> <Yeah>. Stirrups. <laughs> right? Yeah. You got to wear why, stirrups, though. Why
2: do you have a batting donut in your back
1: pocket? Did you guys play baseball?
2: Yeah.
0: Until, yeah. Eighth I think grade? Play. Both of us played until yeah, eighth,
1: eighth grade. grade. Pant legs down or pant legs up? I was a pant legs up kind uh, of guy. pant legs Same. up. Always had mine up. Oh, yep. yeah. Always had the, the colored socks with my pant legs up. We always had the socks where they were I it, stirrups. It, it,
2: they made it look like you had the stirrups, but it was really it was like a white sock with the with, with the, the stripe. stripes on the side. Yeah. It's like, yeah, all right, it's close enough. Yeah, I look great on the bench. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You had the cleanest jersey out of all of well, them.
0: I certainly did. The
2: anti Dustin Pedroya, we can call you. Um but I think you have a better beard than Dustin Pedroya.
0: Oh thank you. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I had to, I wanted to keep the, the chin length going, but the the whole that my wings were getting a little uh were flying a little too close to the sun. Yeah.
2: So I had to get that down. Nice. Well, uh, speaking of jokes... Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you're, you're, what, my face? Yeah. I was just trying, <laughs> that is to, pretty trying good to trying to make a, a, a transition here. But I, I, did we talk... I don't think we talked about it in any episodes. I think we talked about it in one of the pre-show meetings we've had where we found this really cool article and we're like, we need to talk about that because that's really, really cool. We, we desperately try to be funny on this podcast. Desperately. Uh, seriously apologize all, to everyone out there. Uh,
0: and uh, because we've been influenced by by the comedy that we've grown up with, and we're all huge fans of that. Right. Um, and uh, as Pat said, the article, what is it? Uh, Vulture. Vulture.com, which has uh, pretty good pieces here and there. I think uh, they're they're... Pretty well uh, respected too in terms of an online publication. The uh, the 100 jokes that
1: shaped modern comedy is what the article is called.
2: Yeah, and we're uh, we're not going to go through all 100. I, I pick and picked and choose. We have some audio on some. Some we'll just talk about. You guys will you guys will probably know a lot of these. Um, but there, it's just it gets so good after 1980 because oh, it's a lot of what our amazing. pop culture stuff is. So you know, I don't know if we're going to get to the 80s. W- that's going to be a part two, maybe next uh, next episode. But hey, you know, let's let's get into this, and, and sure. it's it's really really cool because they you know they started out 100 jokes, w- pretty much within the last hundred years, more, yeah. you know, or more of less of when they first truly started having commercial well, it was only like recordings, years ago. yeah, was you know, where, you can where people recordings. can throw wax recordings and stuff like that. So a lot of these earlier ones are you know from the 19. 20s 1930s Um, you know the first one they have actually uh, is uh, told all the way back in 1900 BC this is the first one it's actually on the first uh, things oldest joke on record a Sumerian proverb um, and it it was a fart joke how funny is that was Um, it written in hieroglyphics with a little like cloud coming out of somebody's butt (laughs) yeah exactly so I'm gonna read I'm gonna read it it's not really like a set up joke type thing but it's a something which has never occurred since time immemorial a young woman did not fart in her husband's lap. (laughs) So obviously it's not laugh out loud funny or any of that sort, but it's, 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 you can see, you can get at the inkling, like something that's never happened in all of the world is a woman farting. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it, I could see the humor behind that. Interesting. Or, or like, and it's the also, starting of humor. It's
0: also like one of the, it's, he, they're using, like, the double negative to get to it, too. So it's like, you know, the, the use of that language and, and that. And that's, like, in 1900. Loosely BC.
2: Yes, um, so they open up with that one, and then, um you know the the people who wrote this there was what one, two three, four, five? There's probably around two dozen people who who calibrated to make this article um and uh they are yes. saying a few notes on their mythology, all right they defined a joke. Uh, pretty broadly in this in this article, um, they could say it could be a one-liner built from setup and a punchline, but it also could be an act of physical comedy. You know, pretending to stick a needle in your eye or pooping in the street while wearing a wedding dress. Prizemaids uh, <laughs> are both jokes. You know, as a joke as defined by this list, it's a discrete moment of comedy. You know, whether from stand-up, a sketch, an album, movie, or a TV show. So we're gonna we're gonna go through the whole gamut on here. Um, and obviously, you know, the first one was done in like what Hieroglyphics back in 1900 <laughs> BC or whatever. Um, That's crazy. So. So, um, you know, we're skipping through one. I, we're not going to comment on every one because we don't know a lot of one. But one of the first ones that I'm scrolling down the list and, and saw that really piqued my interest was a Charlie Chaplin one. You know, silent humor. he Just the physical humor. He Nailed was it. brilliant. So the the first one that he does is he takes, uh, he takes two forks and sticks them in uh, Portuguese dinner rolls. You know, Portuguese dinner rolls have a little bit more of a tip on them. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Um, and he does this whole little, like dance with so them. Funny. and it's it's so simple but just the little nuances of his face facial expressions to the, the, the timing dance, of it with to the like the, the pauses the yeah it's brilliant it really really is and he brilliant. keeps it going for
0: a little while too you think that he's done but no he like keeps it up it's very funny you're right much to the amusement is all, and it's also with the ladies that are around him in this clip obviously it's silent so he's kind of doing it and like you know you know, inflecting some of his facial expressions, stuff like that, and the ladies around him are loving it, and it keeps going. Yeah. So it's, uh, I'd never seen that, and when you first kind of sent this my way, um, on thevulture.com, they actually they have all the clips, you know, the, of the videos and stuff, and watching that, I'd never seen it before, and I got a real kick out of it. Some of the older ones, I gotta be honest, I was kind of like indifferent towards, like, all right, yeah, I get that, or, or like, I don't get that at all, but that one, like, I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, the exactly. Physical
2: comedy, something that, Looks like something else, and he just created a character out of two utensils and, you know, two dinner rolls. And, and just. And a Hitler mustache. It's- seriously, though.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this amazing music in the background. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. That was the last That's one it. we needed the cat call. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I so had to. yeah I, I, yeah so actually I have a clip of one um, this is from 1929 um, and uh, there's these two duos now you know in the 20s you know it obviously TV started being a major thing um, people were just TV? getting pe- Radi- people were just getting used to radio and 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 TV um, 1929 1929 they had black and white TV. Absolutely, I, we have the clip. I watched sure. the clip. Oh, okay. Uh, unless is, is it a movie, or is it a? Mo- or was I think it a movie? It's a movie, I it's tele- movie hey. I, I
0: don't yeah. know if television, but definitely movie. Definitely movies like that's that. up a, show that's a, a screen. screen, that's a good point. The talkies.
2: Um, okay, many early twentieth-century uh, stars left the stage to help power the burgeoning media of radio and TV. So, early twentieth century. Twentieth century. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um so okay there was a guy named George Burns and there's a woman named Gracie Allen and they were very popular back in the day they were very good on radio very good doing these movies had a very well, good teams. dynamic comedy team are forth. very popular and um, they still are and it was interesting to see back then it was truly a song and dance you know whether it was a comedy show whether or not they they did a little song they did a little dance so this Made one a little love. Yes exactly <laughs> perfect down, down. Ooh! uh this one's from 1929, uh, and it's called Lamb Chops. And I kind of just pulled up uh, a little bit of it. Now they have uh, it, they're a little bit of wit, a little bit of wordplay, a little bit of physical business, as they say. Um, but uh, it's really interesting. You'll you'll hear the you'll hear the jokes within this.
1: You're too smart for one girl. I'm more than
0: one.
1: You're more than one.
0: Yeah, my mother has a picture of me when I was two. Uh,
1: do you like to love. Like to kiss? No. <laughs> what do you like? Lamb chops. <laughs> lamb chops. Could you eat two big lamb chops alone? Alone? Oh, oh no, not alone. No. With potatoes, I could. You could. Yes. You could. I want some mint jelly with that too. So great! I like that. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh yeah, oh, cool. that, yeah, that was good. Their whole
2: back and forth is really good. Lamb chops, it's called Not alone. Very dry oh. and uh, and kind of taking the left turns and yep. you know what I mean. Exactly, like leading you to something, but going with potatoes, I could.
0: Yeah, and it's the, it's the classic, you know, Al, you know, uh, Alan uh, Burns being the straight man as it's known, yep. yeah. and Al, and Gracie Allen being you know the comedic
2: relief. Uh, so. And that's you know, a, a yeah. Like earlier on in the thing, he goes, he the, goes. Oh, so what are you picking up at school? And she goes, anything that's not nailed down, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, like nice. that type of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's you know, late twenties, uh, or uh, you know, uh, you know, twenties when they're. I, I feel like when comedy was just well, truly starting to birth where of like a uh, of a whole genre, and now honestly, comedy there always had, had, to had to be.
0: To, because I mean, in 1929 was the Great Depression started the Great Depression? So, and you know when people are you know down and things like that happen in the culture, I think a a uh, a need a want of more entertainment of something to take you away from that
1: is is uh, and and it's even more um, impressive that somebody like sorry buddy, um, it's even more impressive that somebody like Gracie Allen it was in the prominent spotlight at this time. You said it was what 1929. This is yeah. nine years after she could vote. Yeah, that's true. Holy so it's, crap. it's pretty amazing. Yeah.
2: Um and I vote that that was a good one. You know, that yeah, was funny. Nice. That, I liked that's it. funny. Um and now we have another one, uh you know, going along the lines of, you know, uh the women in comedy, uh there's a woman by the name of Mae West. Now, she was she was very very uh popular with audiences. Um she was actually one of the first major advocates of LGBT rights uh, and sexual freedom which was unheard of in the 30s you know which is crazy right. um, she, she, you know, she used to do crazy things and you know she had a very good uh, attitude towards her so um, we have just a little clip uh, from awesome. uh, Mae West and uh, the movie I'm No Angel uh, you were
1: wonderful tonight I'm always wonderful at night <laughs> <laughs> yes but tonight you were especially good
0: Well, when I'm good I'm very good
1: but when I'm bad, I'm better. Boom. When I'm bad, I'm. Better. She's better. And that is
0: unheard of right. in the '30s for a strong, like very independent seeming woman to talk about her sexuality like that, or sure. to talk to even allude to the fact that you know that women are She's engaged in here. that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And to be, you know, to even then cross that line
2: there yeah true is, ballsy and it's amazing too that leads us right into our next one of a not like maybe f- two three years after this where um, and it's cool with this clip uh, it, this clip is more of a physical clip and I took a little bit of audio out of here and then we can explain the end of it um, but uh, this one's one of those where uh, a guy's trying to do something he can't do it and the girl goes can I try and, and then uh, and then we get the, the, the famous thing after that we'll, we'll explain after the clip
1: do you mind if I try? You? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. A woman? <laughs> <laughs> Doing oh, things? you're such a smart
0: Alec. Nobody knows anything but you. I'll stop a car and I won't use my thumbs. So,
1: the guy you tried to hitchhike.
2: It. It's a system all my own. So that's where that famous thing goes, where she pulls her uh, her dress up a little bit to expose her knee and Show upper leg. leg, and then she puts her toe out, and then the guy instantly stops. Like the guy pulls the parking brake to <laughs> to stop, and um, yeah, exactly, like one of those. It, you know, strong, independent woman. You know, uh, her, her she's a Claudette Colbert, and that's or showing Colbert too is well.
0: in you know for the thirties. That's almost shock comedy. You know what I mean? Like, you're using something shocking, something that you don't see as often, which, you know, all the way up till now is, if you can find the line and cross it, you know, that's there's going to be humor. There's going to be, people are going to you react to that. And uh, that's why I think, you know, so especially using women back then, that's when you're going to get it. And I didn't know that that, Reference is like where that started, but like I've known my whole life. Like I've made the joke, didn't even when I was a kid. Like hey, let's go, you know, get a car and like you know, you lift up like your
2: shorts or something like that as the joke, and everyone gets it. I don't know where that came from. Yeah, uh, the movie "It Happened One Night," ooh, um, uh, from nineteen thirty-four. So still in the thirties here, and let's we're gonna go towards uh, the, the the late thirties here with uh, Henry Youngman and and does uh, Henry Youngman you'll... Henny? Oh, I'm sorry, Henny. Yeah, I can't read. Um, break out the Henny. Uh sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, the great Henny Youngman. I'm gonna play this clip. It's very quick, and you guys will know exactly where this is from, or not where it's from, but the the reference.
0: Married 38 years, and I'm still in love with the same woman. My wife finds out,
1: she'd kill me. <laughs> now you take my wife, please.
2: Uh, take my wife, please. The king of the one line is. Yeah, he's good. Uh, another joke he had in there was like, I got, uh, I got her electrical uh, toothbrush, I got electrical this, I got electrical that. She's not even happy. So you know what I'm going to get her? I got an electrical chair.
1: <laughs> Is this Boston's bulldozer, Henny Youngman?
2: Maybe. Hey Boston's bulldozer Jeff Corner here. <laughs> Brittany, can you pull up the next audio Henny for Youngman, the next then
1: That's the uh comedian uh
0: that at the Co- that's performing at the Copacabana when uh Henry Hill brings Karen to the first time with a that epic scene where he walks through the, the right, kitchen and everything like that. The King and of one liners. Henny Youngman. Yeah, and they like put out the table especially for him and all that great scene, and then he started. He got to write, you know, the Henny Youngman bits. and that's one of the guys. That's the start of the, you know, the older Jewish shtick guys. You know, they call them, um, you know, the Pocono comics because back in the day, all the resorts were back, you know, in the Poconos at, at lake houses, at ski resorts, stuff like that. And these Jewish guys, you know, there were comics. They would uh, make so much money doing those like little gigs, and uh, and Henny Youngman was like the best known and. You know, probably the most accomplished and, and be, really good writer, obviously.
2: Absolutely. And then well, one year after that, one of the most iconic comedy bits that everyone oh, yeah. who knows about baseball or comedy, um, it's Who's on First with uh, Abbott and Costello. You know, I don't have the audio from that because it's really long and like that, but we don't need it. We know it. You right. Know, who's on first? The guy's name is who? And who is on first? on, is on who? first?
0: No, I'm asking you who's on
2: first. Yeah. Who? Just great. Great, Just great, never great ends. comedy. Um, yeah, a- absolutely. And it, it really it never ends. And That's then, the man's name. That's whose name. And then uh, yes. what's on second, and I don't know is on third. <laughs> but uh, definitely a great one. Give that one a listen. Um, getting into the 40s. Um, 40s. The raw 40s. It seemed like there was still a pretty good heavy uh, amount of um, radio and... Records out there, you know, because a lot of these in the 40s was, you know, I guess why because, you know, most of the stuff was going for World War II, you know, like all the, yeah. like everything else was right, you know, all resources is the word I'm trying to get out. Um, it was, well, I guess not 48 but there's obviously some residual years after that, right? yeah.
0: I mean, they're they, they got to build back the economy, that's for sure, yeah.
2: Um, so obviously, and and with. You know, with the depression, with building back an economy, there are thieves out there, and that's kind of the theme of of, of this one. So I'm going to play this. Here. Don't make a move. This is a stick-up.
1: What you heard me, Mister? Mister, put down that gun. Shut up. Now, come on, your money or your life? Look, bud. I said your money or your life. I'm thinking it over. It's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: like God, like, and that that kind of gets to the um, to some of the stuff that we see nowadays, where it's like in a really intense scene. Um, and then there's like a little comedy, you know, so it's supposed to be kind of like this intent. like we actually we didn't even see it in a comedy this year. We saw it in one of the biggest motion pictures. Uh, of of the of the decade in in Star Wars seven where the first time the big Kylo Ren meets the one you know guy and they're like they're they're meet face to face and they're like oh wait what's gonna happen and they're looking and it's like the shot back and forth the back and forth the back and forth and the guy goes wait you talk or I talk you talk or I talk, or talk, or I talk? <laughs> yeah so it's this cool thing where it, 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 it breaks the tension of the scene comedically uh, perfectly just... too with 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 a quick line with a quit with
0: something that's smart. With you know that that's in tune with what is already going on, but it breaks that the the tension that that the conflict is uh, reaches its head, and that's I mean that's some of my favorite comedy ever. And to see you know obviously you know these people but as far back as you know just post World War II to be to have that insight and to like do that, it's obviously still shaping this what we think is funny.
2: I think that's unbelievable.
1: You've seen the map.
2: <laughs> that was, uh, And that was from a Somehow. radio program The Jack Benny program
1: Somehow you convinced the BB unit to show you the map <laughs> it
2: Sounds more like Buffalo Bill <laughs> Oh no Put a lotion
1: in the
0: basket or Unless it gets the hose again oh, Was God. she a great big
2: fat person Oh Was she a great big fat person <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that movie cool. is terrifying
2: that is awesomely terrifying we can get into that too we could top 100 movies or something like that we should be oh, yeah. fun. we could do some we gotta do stuff. another
1: movie viewing for this show definitely we Jurassic, do Jurassic World Jurassic World oh right yes Jurassic World
2: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we could when did
0: Star Wars uh, The Force Awakens come out on DVD oh, we should definitely do that DVD uh, it's still in theaters, so it, it is still in theaters. Yeah, not so. Problem.
2: Still probably cleaning up. You know, oh, yeah. right now it's the people like I've seen it twelve times. You know? <laughs> I'd like to go see it again. Absolutely, I see it. <laughs> I've seen it three times. Yeah, see, there you go. Bill's one of the people. I love it. Well, um, not twelve. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> not twelve. I know. No, I know. I know. <laughs> um, hey, did com- not
1: see it a dozen times.
2: <laughs> um, getting into nineteen fifties. Um, you know, this is another female comedy. Uh, female comedy performer. Um, which is really interesting, you know, because nowadays it's still almost that running joke. Oh, funny woman, you know, women like are like funny, but I'm really? like, I'm going through this list, and there's we a lot of women here. Neither are most <laughs> men. Yeah, 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 that's true. Um, so they, uh, we're taken into 1950. as evidenced um, here. There was a stand up comedian uh, named Jean Carroll, um, and she- Jean Carroll. Yeah, exactly. Was she a great big fat person? <laughs> no, no, she was not. Jesus, um, <laughs> no, she was not. But she had uh, she had one of those where it was, it was rapid fire. Where uh, in some of the clips I was watching of her, um, it actually hurt her. Where she had to go back and be like, Did "You guys not get that?" Like she was literally snapping into the mic of like, "Do really? you guys not oh, get that?" I love that attacking yeah, like, the audience, oh, being like, like, "How do you not get that?" Like, yeah, like no, you're dumb. No. You're
0: dumb. I'm yeah. too smart for you. I love that. Yeah, shit. Love is a moot
2: point. My husband's name's Moot. You know, You're like that, ki- like Moot. you get it, guys? Like that's what she said. So, um, this one's really cool. Jean Carroll, she's great. Most of her comedy is just self-deprecation and you know making fun of her husband. Um, so th- this is about her husband drinking. But not my Jack. He's so sweet. Nothing bothers him. He drinks, and of course, <laughs> well, he doesn't drink because he likes it. He drinks to steady his nerves. The other night, they got so steady he couldn't move at all. <laughs> <laughs> But she has a lot. She has a great one. Um, another one like, oh, I saw my husband standing on the top of a hill and his hair was blowing.
1: I didn't oh, even wait, have the common
2: courtesy to go run after it. Like
1: Luke Skywalker <laughs> you know. at the end of episode seven. What? You totally missed that. Yep. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I did you too. Said standing, um, you said he was standing at the top of a hill with his hair blowing. I said, or oh, like Luke Skywalker at the end of episode seven. And it, it just goes to show the, the
0: power of her humor. Yeah, I, I, I'm not minding you. Sure, um, all is, if you can get on as in the fit, 1950, if you can get on the Ed Sullivan show to do these routines, you got to be 30 times as funny as any other dude, right. That that would get on. Um, it, it, so and that's that's amazing. And the self-deprecation I think um, also comes into play now. I mean, God, you see self-deprecation all the time now it's it's almost now become almost hacked to be like i look like the you know like a comics first thing is to like you know to break the tension the first joke is to be like you oh, know i know you know pete holmes looks like i know i look like a lesbian val kilmer and you know i mean it's hilarious it's yeah. very very funny right but um you know i don't think you saw a lot of people um doing that before um you know in the 30s 40s that like we were saying And uh, tends to be more Jewish people, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if Jean Carroll doesn't sound as Jewish, but... um,
2: Funny thing about her, too, is she was one of the first comedians to ever do kind of that... That side voice, like a, a, almost another character, where you hear like Joe oh, like Gaffigan the hot doing it Voice, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's exactly.
1: you gonna eat that? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. Caliente pocket. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: Our pocket.
2: Um, yeah, kind of like in the the punchline in the falsetto under right. his breath, uh, and it, it was really really cool uh, to to it, it, go back and listen to that. Gene Carroll's. It was really really good. Nineteen fifty. Awesome. Um, and then another one, which was more of a physical bit, um, but we need to talk about it because. It is one of those staple comedy scenes or, you know, you don't even need to really remember oh, the, the things of that. that, but it's, it's the, the chocolate conveyor belt. Oh, I was going I was going to bring that up if you didn't. Yeah. I love that scene. Just a great one because if you, if you watch the scene, you know, they start off with a couple of, you know, back and forth kind of jokes or whatever, but it's so much more physical comedy of them just trying to keep up with wrapping these chocolate balls that keep going by on this conveyor belt. And it's just, it's just funny. Like it's true physical comedy.
0: You know? I love Lucy. I think that and some other old like Nick at Night stuff was probably some of my first la- like first times I can remember, like laughing at television, like
2: getting a joke. You know, I know why that's funny. Yeah, because it's not supposed to go that way, or they're having a. Tough and that's time what's doing inherently
0: it. funny is because she can't keep doing the ch- and she starts eating them, she starts throwing them down her shirt, she starts doing all this stuff. I I love Lucy.
2: Hey, old. there
0: you go. Um, but, so that
1: was before nineteen fifty three. Yeah, that's amazing,
0: Lucy Ball, and. I realize mean, it was that long ago. I know I just said it before too, but we're talking about all women here. So, in order to break it out into this mainstream stuff, it literally had to be so goddamn funny. Oh, yeah, that it's obviously resonating now into you know 2016. This humor. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's probably a lot of garbage out there too. I mean, you know, and there's garbage being produced today. Yeah, but exactly. That's well, what it's,
1: Melissa McCarthy lives off of now. Is her, her physical comedy? She's great at it.
2: Yeah, she is. Um,
1: cool, cool fun facts about
2: Lucille Ball, which it just is crazy. Uh, first woman to ever run her own production company. Um, and she's also the reason why CBS changed its mind about allowing multi-ethnic couples on television. And she's one of the only main reasons why Star Trek exists. Whoa. Which, which well, I I mean, like... obviously, yeah, we can Google it now and try to get into it, but I think that's, that's something for later. Um, just unbelievable. It just, she is crazy i feel like this is really
1: woman heavy which is which i'm excited about now when you say multi-ethnic i assume you're uh, referencing ricky ricardo yes okay yep yeah great point
2: lucy i'm home um this next one is awesome because now you know we've really only been talking about what white people and jewish people. essentially yeah. now the, yep. the one of the first jokes they did in 1906 that we didn't really comment on was was an african-american was an african-american man but um this is one of the first ones on this list that w- we'll try to not remember but it, it's it's more of a new age comedy back then like the 1906 joke was we wouldn't even get it. it's like that
1: i like lamb chops yeah, yeah
2: exactly um so th- this one is Red Fox. Now you guys you guys know Red Fox. What is what was he from? What movie I think he was on. Um, he was in Star Wars. Stanford and Sons. Yes. Cuz his real
0: name is John, I forget his first name, but his last name, real last name is Sanford. And, I mean, his stage name was Red, 2Ds, Fox, 2Xs.
2: Yeah, and what he was known for was doing these toasts or more of these quick. It, he had a, it, was, it wasn't a one-liner. It was like maybe a two or three-liner type jokes. More of a toast, a toast joke. Sure. Um, and this is one of, his, uh, one of his best ones.
0: What's the difference between a peeping Tom and a pickpocket? A pick. Pocket snatches
1: watches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and just geez. leaves us hanging, makes us think about it, and that's, then die laughing hysterically. That's great. <laughs> A nice off color joke like that that makes you think of the off color stuff. Pocket snatches that, watches.
0: See, that's another good thing is like being shocking like that. Is finding that line of what, oh. what you're saying isn't bad, but right. the, but the reaction that, and then in order for you to get it, you need to go to that place, yep. that dirty place, mm-hmm. is so funny. And the fact that he was doing that in what is it? What years? 1956? Are you kidding me? That's hilarious. That's an amazing joke, too. Oh, absolutely. That's phenomenal. So those and like you You just, said, keep, moving. You just and, keep
2: going with your bit, and people are like, wait, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, and he was doing that quick, too. He not not a lot of pausing for that punchline. Uh-uh. Yeah, no, he rattles off a bunch right there. It's it's pretty good, but that was the best one. Um um, obviously, you know, we can't go through all this without talking about the late night hosts because they were one of the main people. You know, I don't have any clips or any of that sort. But, like, Do how you, can you not mention, you know, some people like uh, Johnny Carson? Yeah. You it, know, or, said it
0: before Ed Sullivan was a facilitator. He was very good. But then, huge. The, but Dean the,
2: Martin the, show, you know, all yeah, of this yeah, stuff.
0: But yeah, like you said, his. Um, uh, Johnny Carson's humor was so funny. And I think there is a clip on this of the with the hatchet thrower. Um, and so there's one of them. I know this is maybe a little later. Maybe I'm skipping yeah. ahead in, to, in in time so we can get to it when it comes up. But uh, I, there's a great one coming up, I guess I'll say. Sorry for uh, yeah, no, skip, I don't,
2: skipping I, ahead. I'm not sure what you're talking about, but we'll we'll figure that out. Oh, 1967, I... we got uh, Don Rickles, who is just amazing, too, with the one-liners. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, Don Rickles on Pat Boone, um, this is him, he's talking about Pat Boone, but he's on the Dean Martin Show, and the Dean Martin Show is one of those too, where it's physical comedy, it's singing, it's dancing, it's, it's self-deprecation, it's roasting, you know, it's mostly roasting, when you really oh, want to Rickles go back at it. And, best. Um, and, and this, this is kind of uh, Rickles roasting Pat Boone.
0: Pat Boone, one of our great
2: stars, right? As a daytime show, yeah, marvelous, the way he comes out. Hi, I'm Pat Boone, what do you want, a cookie?
1: <laughs> Making a fool of yourself, you're going nowhere, Pat, I'm a friend.
2: <laughs> you making a fool of yourself you're not going anywhere I'm Papu, and, and I'm a cookie? friend <laughs> yeah. no 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 but I
0: like him I, I'm a friend yeah. that's what he said and before I just I noticed I just didn't want to leave this guy yeah, out yeah 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 um, because I know you want to skip ahead a little bit but uh, it seems like a little bit more stand up guys too now are being as as the years progress but the one that um I think, is still felt to this day in terms of being controversial, in terms of pushing the envelope, is a man named Lenny Bruce, who literally had to sit in front of Congress because he used to, in the early 60s, would make jokes about the Catholic Church, which was unheard of. I mean, you know, he literally had to put his First Amendment rights to the test and being like, no, I have the right to say anything that I want, even though all, you know, the congressmen and all these people that he had to answer to and these police people, he literally got arrested in New York City for saying these jokes. And it went to Congress I like it went to I don't know if it's Supreme Court or whatever, but he and it literally he had to have he's like, no, I have the right to say whatever I want. And that. That ethic, that that um, tenement is still held on to, like, a like religious canon to some stand-ups these sure. days. Um, you know, and that's what the Red Fox was able to be as off-color as he wants, even being black. You know, I know we're going to talk about Richard Pryor. I know we're going to talk about George Carlin. And those guys would be, like, no, Lenny Bruce was that guy because he was the one pushing the boundaries – and a allows comedy, I think, which is why it's so, especially this day and age with the PC stuff, is why it's so always, it's always controversial. So it's that, it's always, that. It, it's always oh, oh, you can't make fun of these people, that people. It started with Lenny Bruce being like, no, you can. And that's why stand-ups are like, no, I can say or make fun of whatever I want. You know, Daniel Tosh making rape jokes, even though, you know, but but no, he he has the right to say it. There might not be funny, might not be, you know, in good taste, but no, he has the right to say it and it all started with
2: Lenny Bruce it's true yeah that's very true and we yeah we should we'll get into that you know and that's the thing we're, we're only doing about half of these so yeah. next episode we're gonna go back and be like what did we miss type of thing which another one is uh, the Rodney Dangerfield how can we not talk about Rodney Dangerfield in, uh, in, in just all the movies and uh, you know uh, I get no respect I play hide and seek and they wouldn't even look for me you know <laughs> like like that type of stuff yeah, I, I get no respect and then it's one of those where like he does those bits for so long that that's like an iconic thing where all he says "I get no respect."
0: Ah, hey, woo, you yeah, know, if you like, like, like you're pulling your
2: tie out, and you oh, go, "I, hey. I got no respect." Like they people know exactly who you're referencing. Yep, exactly. Um, now you know, race is a hot button. Hot button. It, it, it and I think it, it always is and will be in comedy. And you know, and you're talking about Lenny Bruce pushing the envelope. You know, and what color was, uh, was Lenny Bruce? He was white. was white Jew. Yep, white from Jew. Brooklyn. Yep, exactly. Um, so you know it 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 took a little time for african americans and, and just black people in general to to really, really get into comedy, and one of the first main people that 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 at least in our generation we think of is Richard Pryor. You know, he's the first one to really be in the mainstream. You know, uh, the headlines and, and and all of that. And um, he has a really interesting back and forth with Chevy Chase in 1975. Uh, and this is Saturday Night Live, my, mind
0: you. Er, first er, season. Er, if it's Chevy
2: Chase, first season. Seventy-five was the first year. S- Seventy-five. Yeah. So uh, we got Paul Mooney's a part of this. Chevy Chase, Richard Pryor. Paul um, poem, which is great um, but, yeah, great this... female cast back then too Gilda yes. Radner yeah.
0: Lorraine Newman mm-hmm. um, what's her face I'm forgetting some
2: I love Gilda Radner though oh yeah absolutely so we have a little bit of a back and forth that gets a little racy literally um, um, <laughs> but uh, nice alright it's just a word association I'll uh, throw you out a few words uh, anything that comes to your mind just throw it back at me okay it's just kind of an
0: arbitrary thing like if I said dog you'd say tree tree
2: he's <laughs> in a job interview dog tree. Negro. Whitey. Tar
0: baby. What'd
2: you say? Tar baby. O'fay.
1: Colored. Redneck. Jungle bunny.
2: Peck of
0: wood. Deer chucker, White Trash. <laughs> Jungle Bunny. Hunky. Spade. Hunky Hunky.
1: <laughs> Nigger. Dead Hunky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Dead Hunky. That's balls. That City. was on onwards. SNL? Saturday
2: Night Live. Wow. St- yeah. Wow. Crazy. You're talking 40 years later. Yeah, right. Yikes. Yeah, right. But, you know, and that's where, you know, race started becoming, you know, hey, yeah there's this big elephant in the room. Let's make it a topic, you know? Like, yeah. let's 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 poke fun at it, you know, because that's how you deflate it. And you know? SNL
0: had, especially that first year, I mean, it's not like as it is. Obviously, it's not like it is. This, like, now, like, everyone watches it. That was a very niche thing. I was like, that's weird. And so they could fly off the hand, you know, the... the, sure. the standards and practices were like yeah okay i mean almost non-existent for them because they were like what are you going to say that's going to be so crazy that no, no one's really going to listen to it but now i mean one of those first sketches that's iconic
2: yeah and paul mooney actually uh talked about this this one in his memoirs and he said it was the easiest thing he's ever written for for anything because all he had to do was write it what it was exactly like to interview with the nbc executives earlier in the week to work <laughs> on the show <laughs> so wow. uh, yeah that that's really awesome and um you know, Saturday Night Live is a huge thing. Obviously, there's a lot of haters out there nowadays um, because They've people been expect to li- doing really well this season. Oh, I know, and I agree with you. But people expect it to be Will Ferrell, you know, me a- Fallon, you know, uh,
1: Tina Fey. All of them they expect Farley, it to be that Sandler, every yeah. year. And it's, it's guys, you got to understand, it's different people, right? It's it's amazing when I look and see like an SNL skit from Saturday Night on Facebook or something, and you look down and it says thousands of comments, and the f- top comment is always SNL has been funny for like 15 years. Ugh, it's like, it's like, why don't you watch why, it? Yeah. Like, this week was great.
0: The, is Beyonce, Beyonce, you know, Beyonce, 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 black Beyonce, Beyonce turned black, hilarious. The Vanessa Bayer doing Rachel from Friends oh, on Weekend that was Update. was so funny. It was, hi, uh, yeah, hi. Huh, what? Yeah. yeah. Hi,
2: yeah, <laughs> hi.
0: Why do
1: you sound like you're always surprised?
0: Huh? What? <laughs> what? Yeah, no. Phoebe's yeah. is going to do a thing at Central Park. It was hilarious. And uh, I think SNL, I mean, early on, like you said, this... Um, you know, with the thing with, with Pryor and Chevy Chase, and yep. as I said, they were able to fly off the handle with – and they, so they were allowed to touch things like race. And race and comedy go pretty much hand-in-hand. Hand. Like you said, it's a hot-button issue, and like I said earlier, the, those hot-button issues are generally the things where you can get reactions from people. And, I mean, it already – you know, I, Chris, I know we're we'll going to probably talk about it next podcast when we get into to newer comedy – Uh, But, you know, Chris Rock, his comedy, even Dave Chappelle, the Chappelle show doing, you know, like the white supremacist, stuff like that is
2: George Carlin.
0: Yeah, George Carlin. And it's uh, really shaped it and allowed them taking that risk really, as it said, it helped shape modern comedy. I think that's unbelievable. And it's first and foremost, it has to be funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you could talk about it, but like it's gotta be laugh out loud, Can't funny Like, It's funny because they're across. black. Yeah. It's like it's, n- no, why? No, it's smart, it's funny, and it's like, you know, in that reaction, that yeah. tension, it's gotta be funny to go over to get other people that wouldn't normally think about it, or wouldn't normally talk about it to laugh. If all of a sudden you're laughing at something, all of a sudden it becomes a little bit more accepted.
2: Yeah. So we're uh, we're getting into the '70s now, and this is where you're starting to see censorship. You know, like you, Sean, you said about the Lenny Bruce stuff, which I'm interested to see what years um, that was happening with the Lenny Bruce stuff, because mm-hmm. that seems like it was yeah, the first first true thing with the government and all these people. Like, oh, you know, we need PC crowd. We need to censorship. We need to. So it actually it progresses right into our next clip that we have, and you know, I know this. This is my mom. I think I, Sean mom went and saw this. Comedy show when it was on tour, she was up at University of Vermont and she saw George Carlin do oh, the so seven awesome. words you can't say on television. All
0: I could think of was shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cock, suck, a motherfucker, and tits. Yeah?
2: Just amazing. Well, well, wait, well, there's a little censorship there in the beginning. Shit, piss, well, well, fuck. I could th-
0: think of was shit, piss, fuck, cunt, sucker, motherfucker, and tits.
2: Yeah? Now when we we did that, we played almost that whole bit like early oh, yeah, way back yeah, when on The, the, the anniversary the, of his the death. Ten, yeah we did we closed out the show for it shit piss fuck cunt cocksucker motherfucker and tits and then that was one of those where it was funny to hear someone swear like that because people are going to see it they they enjoy it's almost like a shock type thing right but also it was how quick he did it the repetitiveness and it's true you know it was really really funny a shit piss fuck cunt cocksucker
0: motherfucker and tits. all i could think of was shit piss fuck cunt cocksucker
2: motherfucker and tits But George Carlin, we could do a whole show on George Carlin, which we probably should. Um, but you know, it, it, he, I think if you if you talk to any stand up comedian, whether it's your every Tuesday, you know, open mic, open micer to Bill Burr, they will reference George Carlin as being at least part of their inspiration because George Carlin did it more of just. Not just a, I want to be funny. It's more of no. I'm I want to lecture you. I want I want you to leave my show happy, but also schooled a little bit. And I, like you know what? Yeah, you're right. The government is weird like that, you know. And George Collins was one of those first to really push the button. You said it
0: great there. Schooling you in f- with funny, hitting not hitting you over the head with facts or anything like that. But like, how ridiculous is this? Ridiculously you know? smart, almost genius writing. Very funny. And I was literally listening to a podcast today, which is another you know that shapes modern comedy I mean it is modern comedy but I was uh stand-up comedians Pete Holmes was talking to stand-up comic Bert Kreischer on Burt Kreischer's Burt podcast and he said what George Carlin they literally were talking about George Carlin and how you know and he Bert was saying how you know I, I don't know really know if I get the message sometimes from some comics but if it's funny I'm laughing and maybe I might come to it and Pete was saying, like, you know, what sometimes makes me laugh is the funny, but it's also what I see what he's trying to get across. And when you leave the show, you're what Pete said, he's like, not only – he's like, you're getting the nutrition from it. Not only are you getting, like, your head and your heart are both uh, fulfilled in that joke because your head's getting all this, this intelligence to you. And that's exactly what Carlin was doing, you know, saying, you know, talking about, you know, big government or talking about how, you know, they're trying to brainwash you or they're um, – you know, in censorship with the seven deadly, you know, him doing that, being funny and a little shocking, but also bringing up the fact that, like, you can't be censored, you know, being censored by the government being censored by you know society in general is not, you know, it's not the way we should be living our lives. Like, don't so, be a sheep. So there's a, exactly, exactly. Don't be sheep. There's a greater there's a greater message. But that can only come across if you're very, very funny. And if it's written a certain way and perfected a certain way, that George Carlin did absolutely perfectly. You
2: hear the... F- which like, is why he is r- reveled you know, in He's a Mount Rushmore comedian. Yeah. Of course. And you look back to his career, he's writing specials almost every year. Every year. So every 12 months, it's new material. And not just new material, Throw new out. material that works.
0: Yeah, so like, funny, funny hell, shit. You
2: talk to someone like Jerry Seinfeld, he probably does the same bit for almost a year maybe well, he maybe 18 it. months and then by that day, he has it and then he'll go out and do it for a while and then get rid of it you know what I'm saying And like so he'll have the same pretty much bits for almost only like a year and a half and that's it George Collins pumping him out boom and boom. that's the and HBO specials and movies and just holy crap and that's
0: the inspiration that Louie would reference in why all of a sudden Louie got so popular that he did in the mid 2000s I know we're going to talk about him too oh yeah uh, cuz he's a goddamn genius but he said you know, he would hold on to his act. He would. There's a great moth stories that he um, that it's like a 15 minute story that he that he says it's or no, I don't know if it's moth. I think it's at uh, I think it's at a memorial for George Carlin and Louis talks about how Carlin was just like, no, I just throw it. I just don't tell those jokes anymore. And he said, but that's my act, and he's like, doesn't matter. You throw it out, and that's what he did, and it forces to you. be that prolific and that funny at the same time is. His other only
2: Literally, only he can do it. And maybe Louie Yeah. So I, mean, I, I think maybe we should stop talking about the joke stuff now. Yeah, maybe yeah. get to uh, another staple thing so of our episode. But where are we cutting off? What, 1980? 1980. Because past 1980, shit gets funny. Like, it, obviously, we've been talking a lot. And, you know, isn't that interesting, though, when we do listen back to this episode? It is a little bit more woman heavy, which sure. which doesn't make sense, but does. It's the same thing. Sure. You know, it, it, and it does. Um, so, you know, we're, we're going to stop talking about this. And next episode, we're going to get in from 1980 until present. And, and we might even give you some that we don't think's on the list, you know. So we're we're gonna break this down again next episode. So you know, be sure to come back to us, uh, episode fifty six. But uh, we still got the Dikembe Mutombo episode going right now, and uh, we got to get into our staple segment, spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of WTF news, the stories that make you say, "What the? F-
1: what the? F-
2: WTF, mate? What the? F- this is W A D D Talk Radio's Wild World of What the Fuck. Now, a lot of these we do, we it does truly make us say "What the fuck," you know, and, and in every different context of that. Now, when I read this one and heard the audio, which I do have a small clip of, this one's the one we've been doing fifty-five episodes now. This is one of the main ones that literally made me say, "What the f- fuck is wrong with the world these days?" The title. Or the, the headline here is Paul McCartney, which I don't even need, need to fucking explain who he is. A goddamn Paul Beatle. McCartney denied at a Grammy after party. He was not let in the back door. Who was it? It was like Tigers? Some idiot. Who Tyga. is that anyway?
0: So Tyga was the one that goes out with that. Uh, of uh, course. Kylie I'm going to see myself out for knowing of that. Of course.
2: Of course, you stooped
1: yourself up for bringing up the Kardashians on the show too. So any post
2: Grammy parties or clubbing or any of that sort, TMZ's going to be all over it. There's going to be paparazzi all over it, Ugh. and there
1: was there was someone
2: from TMZ right at that back door, and I actually have a clip of Paul McCartney talking. Um, if you don't hear quite, we can explain after. Well, How VIP do we gotta get? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I <think there's laughs> they won't let you in. Yeah. What? Yeah, we need another hit,
1: guys. <laughs> we need another hit. <laughs> need Work out. on that. I think you don't have enough. Next year. Next year.
2: So you hear him, oh we gotta put another hit. Like he's a fucking beetle. He should be able to go wherever he wants. His fart would be a hit. Mm. Seriously though. Seriously though. And it'd be anything better than Yoko Ono ever put out. And I would love to yeah, hear yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that Bill Burr thing when he talks about Yoko Ono being and the, at the Chuck Berry show. Oh my god, and there's a the video gra- clip and he looks over like the greatest what the fuck thing is this bitch doing? Ever.
0: <laughs> Ever he looks at John, and he's like, "Control your,
2: control your bitch." <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, oh my god! D-
2: this one, the audacity of this shithead! What head. the fuck is going on with the world? He wasn't allowed in a in a in a party, just in any old party. He shouldn't have to be on a list. And 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 you know, it's scary though. It's just truly showing the signs of the times where there are literally people out here who could probably not. Name all four Beatles, or or even name or, or a even Beatles know what? Song. What do you mean, Beatles? You know, they can
0: name every member of the Kardashian family.
2: Oh, and, and including their middle names and you know and what high school they went to, and and yeah. and, 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 their and you know bust what sizes is that a testament? What's Caitlyn's? You know, but that's a main testament to Busted. what's Six putting inches. what's putting our faces. You know, what I'm saying you open up your phone and you go to a CNN or you do something like that, yeah. like a true news source. You're getting TMZ bullshit. Yeah, back then. You know when the Beatles were out, the Beatles were every headline everywhere because that you know there's only only newspaper, TV, and radio. That was it. There was no internet. That had, they had to stop doing live so, shows
0: because the girls screaming drowned out the music.
2: That's crazy, crazy <laughs> talk. And now he's not allowed in some stupid fucking club after the stupid grand. And I would
0: much rather hang out with the people that are outside that club or just listen to one song that because who was it? it? Like you said, it was Beck. Um, was also there uh, Taylor Hawkins, who's the drummer for the Foo Fighters. Uh, Woody Harrelson I, I think you said but did you say in, he the was, in the background somewhere hey he could be on the song too and I'd listen I'd buy that song
1: there had to have been a better after party than Tyga's that and that's what I'm Paul saying. McCartney could have gone to it was probably like, oh, no,
2: I don't want to do anything. And they're like, oh, but seriously, you're going to have to go to an after. Oh, I don't want to do anything. And then God, like, afterwards, like, all oh, right, where's the party? Well, and then they're like, uh,
0: he's a vegetarian, loves animals. Like,
2: there's so this guy named Tiga Tyga. or Tyga. I, Tyga. I, I, I don't know. Tyga. All right. He was like being a real tiger that night. All right. I'll be the lion Jesus. to this party.
1: <laughs> I said Tiga. <laughs> Referencing um, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, so <laughs> definitely. Sure. I'm
2: going to reiterate here. Paul McCartney, not let into a post party at the grammys what
1: i think it was at a Ever living it's fuck. totally fucked up
2: what the fuck mate what
1: the fuck <laughs> um my story comes from florida no it's actually from wisconsin and a young girl a 14 year old girl was playing basketball and she went diving for a uh, she went diving for a ball to to save the ball from going out of bounds and all of a sudden her body stopped because oh. the floor impaled her Get that. The floor impaled her. She said, uh, the official Ugh. ran over to her and said, are you hurt? She says, yes, uh, I can't get up. And he said, why? Because there's a piece of wood stuck to me. The piece of wood was three, three or four inches long and approximately half an inch deep. Everyone in the gym was asked to leave when the girl was taken to a hospital on the stretcher. Um Whoa. What a nightmare that must have been. And Whoa. there's a video clip. Did you clip. see that? There's a video Ugh. clip, and she slides on the floor, and all of a sudden her body just comes to a stop. Oh, God. And it is just horrifying. And I don't know what I she hate was Splinters. I don't know what she was and thinking. I can't imagine. But this is what I would have said if this happened to me. <laughs> <sighs> I think I'm okay. <laughs> ah! ah! Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh God! Somebody! Do I take it out or do I leave it in? Do I take it out or do I leave it in?
2: Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and then that one, I think they were able to break off piece of the wood to to transport to get her, her. on the stretcher
1: and take it out of the hospital. But it's
2: not like you can just slide her back out oh. of it. You know
1: what I'm saying? You don't know what eject button. Just, like, bring her out. <laughs> just Grab
2: her by her ankles and pull her the other
1: way. But like, forget Ooh. getting a splinter and putting like a tiny little toothpick sized piece of wood into your finger. How about this? basketball court paneled going into your midsection. You know, two, she, three she's inches. She's never wide. gonna hustle on the basketball court again. No. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> she's certainly never gonna die. Get after, after
2: the loose ball. And that's exactly what she was doing. I know. Did she was hustling. That? But funny thing though, look back there, do you remember seeing a basketball just, in the clip? I, I don't remember seeing a basketball bouncing in the clip. Yeah, I don't know. It just looked like they were sliding. It's that midwestern work ethic, Patrick. They just you hustle. Go, you goddamn right. And 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 their lack of, you know and, 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 and in, in then in the in the audio too, they were saying, Oh the the, the the gym's only 15 years old, which I, I guess if you think like 15 years old, that's kind of old, but not really, you know, not not really in a gymnasium yeah. setting. Um, but yeah, definitely what the fuck, Bill. That's that's crazy. Um, Sean, what do you got, bud? Mine does come
0: from Florida, Patrick. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, it does. from Fort Lauderdale. A South Florida teenager uh, is in jail um, after he posed as a gynecologist and a holistic doctor. He had uh, a, an actual place um, near St. Mary's Medical Center um, at a holistic medical clinic that was in West Palm Beach. Uh, he was arrested for the second time for impersonating a doctor. Second uh, time? How yes. do you get away with
2: it the first time?
0: Well, he didn't. He, he had a guy, It was about a year ago. Um, an OBGYN, a gynecologist named Dr. Sebastian Kent, not Kent with an E, um, was uh, was amazed to hear that the same team who introduced himself as a doctor a year ago had been accused of impersonating a doctor. Um, the guy apparently was going around looking in on gynecologist exams. Oh, no. Um, would see patients at his center and give them advice. This kid's 18 years old. He looks nothing like... He doesn't even look That's that creeper. old. He That's has creeper. like all these like, uh, you know, from these like online exams or something like that. He, he had um, in his car was a trunk full of different lab coats and stuff like oh, that. Creeper.: So it's, what the fuck? Well, it's not even what the fuck that hit. It's the fact that people are like going to see him
2: is the true. What the fuck? Yeah, it's like what do you just make stuff up on the wall, like put makeup diplomas and stuff? It's crazy. Definitely coming out of Florida. So what? What the Florida on that one, Sean?
1: Yeah, and I don't know if you had anything to finish. (laughs) Oh yeah, that was my what the fuck. uh, All right, cool. All right, well let's wrap it up then. Yeah, we got it. Um, we'll see you guys next week for episode fifty-six. We'll continue the comedy thing. We're gonna from nineteen eighty on. As always, you can find me at Bill Neville NAI. Pat, where can we find you? Heiner's Wiener. Sean, find me at Have You Seen Heen? And we'll talk
0: to you next Wednesday.